My name is Tamara Gober, and I'd like to personally welcome you to the Hope Community Podcast. Before we begin, if you live in the New York City area and are looking for a church home, I'd like to take this time to invite you to our services. For time and place, check out our website at hopecommunitynyc.com. Again, thanks for listening. We hope you are encouraged by this message, and we truly pray you walk away looking more like Jesus. If you've been a part of this church for a while, uh, you know kind of what we've been doing. We started, of course, we planted three years ago, but then we, um, so we started in the book of Acts, and uh, we went through the book of Acts, and then we were like, oh, hey, man, look at all these churches that Paul planted. Like, let's go and talk about the letters that he wrote to the churches that he planted. And so we went through like First and Second Thessalonians, we went through Galatians, and then we started in First Corinthians, when he, and we also went through Second Corinthians. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Like, I love... The writings of Paul, I, I mean, it's the Bible. Like, I mean, how, what am I going to say? I'm not a real big fan. But, like, I really love his stuff. I love who he is. Like, I love his example that he is. But again, he's not Jesus. Now, this is the Word of God, but he's not Jesus. And, and I finally, you know, was feeling like we were getting to the point where it was like, man, we just need to, like, take a break for a second from the letters of Paul. Because next was Romans anyways. And ain't nobody want to just, like, go straight into Romans, all right? But, like, so we, we, I was just like, let's take a little bit of a break. Let's go back a little bit into the Gospels, and let's kind of talk about, um, you know, some things that Jesus said, and I was really struggling with, like, where to take everybody and, and where we were to go, and just sitting about praying about things, and and just reading Scripture, and looking all over, and then I just kept coming across these parables, and I was like, man, I think this would be awesome. I would love to just go into some parables for a little while, so we're going to take about a six-week break or so, uh, minimum, and uh, we're going to we're gonna look at six different parables that Jesus taught um, in scriptures. Now, uh, a lot of you guys, um, you kind of know what a parable is. Uh, a parable is this. It's conveying truth allegorically, and you can do it, and specifically Jesus did it through fictional stories. Um, and that's kind of what we're going to talk about. He kind of used stories as an illustration uh, to kind of prove a truth or to show a truth, reveal a truth uh, through some things. Now, we, we see parables all the time. If you guys like reading books, usually, do you guys ever go in search of like, what's the deeper meaning of this book, right? Like you look at, you read like, I don't care what it is. You could read like Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. You could read, um, what are some other stuff? Harry Potter. You can read like all these other books, uh, Lord of the Rings, and, and it's good stuff, but you always know that these writers are probably talking about something deeper, and they're wanting to convey some sort of truth or what they think is truth in a story form, and it's easier for us, honestly because we remember it better whenever we hear it in a story form. Whenever, if you have kids and uh, they watch any children's shows at all, you know as you're watching the children's show uh, that they are trying to teach something through a situation that their favorite character is going through, right? And so it helps them remember, oh, I remember when Bluey felt this way, right? And so like then all of a sudden you, your kid has learned like this lesson. So be careful what your kids watch because people are teaching your kids stuff. Um, but also through movies as well. There are, there are deeper meanings in movies. I could stand up here and I could tell you guys uh, things like, hey, uh, your money is, is here for a while, but then it's going to be gone and you can't really take it with you. I could, I could tell you to think about other people and to consider other people you know, before yourself. I could say, hey, uh, consider those who are less fortunate than you are. And I could tell you these truths 
truths, or I could sit you down and make you watch Charles Dickens' A Christmas Story, right? And then by the time Tiny Tim is like, God bless us, everyone, everybody's going to be like, I need to get rid of all my money, right? Like, that's what happens, like, during these, during these movies. And, and Jesus taught in parables for a reason, because we love a good parable. We love a good story. And Jesus knew that, that the truths that he wanted to convey would be better remembered uh, if he told it in a parable. Do you guys know how many uh, parables total in scripture that Jesus told? Does anybody know? Off the top of your head. If you had to guess, what would you guess? How many parables would you think? Just throw a number out there. Seven. No, not seven. I'll start it. Fifteen. Okay. Any other guesses? Look, guys, there's no failing. Like, I mean, like, you're, you're still going to go to heaven. Like, I mean, like, what do you got? Oh, his age. I like how you did that. And that is exactly not the right answer. It's 24. Um, but it was close, right? 24 parables uh, is what Jesus ended up telling. We're going we're gonna to walk through six of those parables. And you're like, Greg, how did you decide those six? I don't know. I just picked them, all right? There's six of them. Um, and so, because uh, I didn't want to do 24, <laughs> all right? So we're going we're gonna to pick the six that I um, like the best, all right? Uh, so what Leo already said is he already kind of told us the parable part. Um, and he kind of walked us through uh, a little bit of, of kind of what he's talking about, what Jesus is talking about in these things. Oh, and if you wanted to know what a parable is, I have it on a screen for you guys on one of these slides, if you're taking notes and you want to write it down. Um, but one thing that, that I want us to see is I want us to see how Jesus walks through this parable. This is the first one that he ever tells, and he actually explains it for us. A lot of the parables, we're just kind of left going, okay. I think this is what he's talking about. I'm pretty sure this is what he's talking about. Does everybody agree this is what he's talking about? And so we kind of know, but this one, Jesus actually tells us. So he talks about different things in this one. He talks about a sower and he talks about a seed and he also talks about four different types of terrain, all right? So those soils uh, that he does, and this is also in your Bible, it may be headed, you know, parable of the sower. Um, it's also, I mean, it really could be called the parable of the soil because this is really what it's about. He's explaining what these different types of soil are. And he talks about four different types of soil. He talks about, uh, or terrain, if you will. He talks about a path uh, he talks about a rocky soil, and he talks about a soil that was among thorns. And I don't know how you guys' brains work, but whenever I read among thorns, I was like, that'd be a really cool band name. Don't you guys think that'd be a really cool band name? And then I, so I Googled it. I was like, among thorns. Like, that sounds legit. Like, whoa. So I Googled it, and I was like, this has nothing to do with anything. But I, I, you guys need to know this information because uh, you need to feel how I felt. I was like, okay, let me just say this. If you could, if you guessed what type of music, there is a band called Among Thorns. And if you guessed what type of music Among Thorns played, you'd probably, this is the picture that I had first right here. I was like, this is going to be Among Thorns. Like, this is how I, I pictured among thorns. I googled them. This is actually their picture here. Wah, wah. So, uh, anyways, uh, cool name though. Um, and I went and listened to some of their music, and they kind of go with the Gaither vibe, you know, uh, kind of thing. So that's kind of cool. Uh, anyways, so moving on. So you've got you've got <laughs> you've got the path. You got Rocky. You've got Among Thorns, which should have been a way cooler band. Um, and then you've got the good soil. All right, you've got the good soil. Uh, and so where he's gonna Jesus is gonna break down exactly what all these things mean. So let's go in our Bibles to Matthew chapter 13, 
And uh, we're going to skip to verse 18 because that's where Jesus starts to explain these things, okay? So let's go ahead, and uh, it's going to be on the screen here for you. This is the ESV version. Um, so if you want to read it in a different translation to get a better idea of what's being said, uh, please go right ahead and do that. But uh, let me read this for you, and you guys follow along. Um, he says in verse 18, he says, Hear then the parable of the sower. All right. He says, When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. So right now he's going to start describing what the path meant. Because remember what happened? There was a picture of a sower and he was scattering seed on the ground and the first one was a path. And what happened? The birds came in and they snatched the seed and they took it away. Well, Jesus starts to kind of explain that here. But before we talk about how he explains that, Let's understand some symbolism here just for a moment, all right? So reading verses 18 and 19, we understand three things. We are told what the seed is, we are told who the sower is, and we are told sort of what the soil is as well, all right? So let's talk about it. The seed right there, go ahead and go to the next slide if you want to. The seed right there is the word of the kingdom, because he says in that scripture, hear then the parable of the sower, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it. The evil one comes and snatches away what? What has been sown in his heart? What's it talking about? The word of the kingdom. So in the symbolism, in this whole thing, in this allegory, seed is going to be the word of the kingdom, which is also just the truths of, of God's word. That's what the word of the kingdom is. It's like, all right, what are the words that come down from the kingdom? And specifically in this scripture, Jesus is going to be talking about the gospel. He's going to be talking about how someone goes from death to life according to the God of creation. All right? So that's kind of what the seed is. So you get this picture of this sower who is throwing out the words of the kingdom. Somebody who's out there just sharing the truths of God. Someone who is out there sharing the gospel with other people. Okay? So that means that the sower then, we've already just now said it, speaks the word of the kingdom. So that's who the sower is. It's the picture of the person spreading it out. And then you've got the soil. Where does the seed fall? right? Where does the seed fall? And as he goes through each of these, what we realize is, what we realize is that he's talking about the condition of the listener's heart, okay? So however the condition of that heart is will be how someone accepts that seed. It's like, it's like a soil. People have different kinds of, their hearts, he's, what he's saying is it's like a different kind of soil. And based on how that soil is, is how they will receive the truths of the kingdom, all right? The word of the kingdom. And I know that you guys have probably uh, been out, hanging out with, you know, whoever, and you've come across some people and you've had some, you've had some conversations conversations. Like whenever we do uh, our outreach stuff and we're, you know, um, out in the park uh, doing s'mores and then you've got people who are right there uh, roasting a marshmallow and we just get to stand there and talk. We don't like that. We don't go up to them and they start roasting a marshmallow and we're like, what do you think about Jesus? Like, that's not, that's not what we do. Like, we just want to have like a normal conversation with people. And if spiritual things come up, we're going to talk about spiritual things. All right. Uh, Cause we're out there just to create community in our community. And, uh, but so many times,
times people will ask the question, well, who are you guys? And we're like, oh, actually we're a church in the area. And they're like, oh, a church. And then people usually want to talk about their experience with church. And so we get to go and we actually get to talk to different people about different things. Now I've run into the gamut of like people. All right. Like you talk to one person and they're just like, I don't want to have anything to do with that. Don't even talk to me about that. Let's talk about something else. And I'm like, okay. Like people have actually said that. And I'm like, all right, cool. No problem at all. Um, And then I've also had people who are like, okay, well, this is kind of interesting. I've had people that were like, okay, I would actually like to probably come to church and and maybe hang out and maybe see it. And they may have come, they might've come one time uh, and then they left. My favorite story was a guy that we met um, and he was a Jewish guy. And he was like, I've never been to church before, but I'm interested. And I was like, well, why don't you come tomorrow? And he was like, okay, I think I will, right? And, and the guy was like, but is there any preaching? And I was like, yeah. And, uh, and he was like, because I'm not a big fan of preaching. And I was like, okay. Uh, and I was like, you know, the preacher, he's not bad though. <laughs> and, and, and I was like, he's, he's okay. And, uh, and then he was like, are you the preacher? I was like, yeah. <laughs> and he was like, okay, well maybe, maybe I'll come tomorrow. I was like, all right, cool. And he walked in, like he walked in the very next day and, uh, and he stayed and we told him that there was going to be some music and, and he knew there was going to be preaching. He stayed for the music and then he left. <laughs> like he didn't, he was true to his word. He didn't want to hear any preaching at all. We've never seen the guy again. Right. And so, I mean, it's just part of it. And we've had people who have come and they've stayed and they've, and they've become part of our church. And so they're all kind, whenever you're having these conversations, if you've ever wondered why one person acts another way and why another person can act a totally different way, whenever the seed that you're throwing is exactly the same, this is why. It's because it's falling on a different soil. And this explains, Jesus explains that to his disciples, the different soils that, are, that, that the seed is falling on. It's the same, same message, it's the same seed, but there are just different ways that people take it, right? So as you guys remember, like what we talked about in 2 Corinthians is that Paul reminded us that we're ministers of reconciliation. And that's exactly what we are. And, and, and as we are ministers of reconciliation, we're going to talk to people with different reactions. Um, and so let's talk, let's break this down for a moment. Um, this, this parable, uh, this first part of this parable where he talks about the path. And let's see, what, let's look into this and see really what Jesus is talking about here. Uh, in 18, remember, he says, Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears, what does that mean? When anyone hears, that just means that a person who has given you their ear to listen to whatever it is that you have to say for a moment. He says, anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it. Now, it doesn't mean that they don't have the capacity to understand it. It's not talking about like a child that you walk up to and you're like, let me tell you about the deeper things of God. And they're like, I don't get it. Right. That's not, that's not the understand that he's talking about here. He's talking about the person that's not willing to understand the person that doesn't care to understand the person that doesn't really want to understand. Those are the people that, that I run into all the time. Um, that, that I'm like, Hey, uh, they're like, what do you do for a living? And I'm like, I'm a pastor. And then they're like, let's change the subject, right? That's kind of like what they want to do. That's okay. I mean, or I could sit there and they could be like, okay, tell me about your church a little bit. And I could tell them about it. And I could share with them some things about God. And they're just going to walk away and they're going to go, okay. Like I listen to, like they're going to, they are going to listen to me to be cordial, um, you know, but, but they're not really going to really hear anything that I have to say because they just don't get it. 
They don't understand it. It's because whatever's gone on in their life up to this point has led them to a point where they're just like, I hear what you're saying and I heard you say God and I heard you say Jesus. I heard you say church. I heard you say some religious things, but I don't get it. Like, I just don't understand it. And, uh, and, and, and again, it's interesting because we run into these people all the time and it's, it's okay that they don't understand it. That's just where the position of their heart is in that moment. And certainly we as New Yorkers can understand when somebody really doesn't want to stand there and listen and doesn't really understand what we're talking about. We get approached by people all the time in this city, right? All the time in this city. People are walking up to you all the time. If you ever go to Times Square, if you, if, you, if you have apprehension about being approached, do not go to Times Square, right? That's not where you want to end up. Because, and, but no matter where you go, you could even be walking in our neighborhood and people are going to approach you about some things. And they're going to be things that they're passionate about, right? Like people set up their stuff all the time and it, it could be about politics. It could be about different, you know, social issues. Um, it could be about anything. And they'll stop me. Like the other day, I totally got got. Um, we were walking in the Fidei over near Wall Street, like it was like a block from Wall Street. And, uh, and somebody uh, pops out and I think Eli and I were both standing there and there was another person standing there and they were like, hey. Uh, and they were like, tell me um, the only, what was it? The only state that ends in the letter K. And I stood there and I was like, is there a state that ends in the letter K? I was like, I don't know. And, uh, and, and like the person standing next to me was like, I don't know. Uh, and then Eli goes, New York, <laughs> the 14 year old. <laughs> and, uh, and then we were all like, oh yeah. And then they were like, I can see you're a smart person. Then I was like, oh no, we're being sucked in. And they were like, come over here for a second. We're like, okay. And so we walk over to the table and the person was really passionate about what they were talking about. I don't remember what they were talking about. Like I honestly, maybe Eli remembers, but I standing here in this moment cannot recall what the person was talking about. Why? Because I didn't understand. Like they were completely passionate about it, but I just didn't understand what they were so passionate about. And so I just ended up walking away, right? Like we understand that whenever we have gospel conversations with people, there's gonna be times where the people just, they just don't get it. Like they, they don't have the background or maybe, maybe, they already have an idea in their mind about God and about Jesus and about the Bible. And so they're so put off by it that they don't even want to hear it and, and they don't really care to understand it. And so they don't understand. And look what it says though. Here's what it likens it to, because remember that seed. So it's along this path, right? And we, we get that here in New York. Like it seems like we're throwing seed on path literally all the time. I mean, this place is the concrete jungle for a reason. So it seems like all the time we're just throwing seed on, on a path heart wise. And, uh, and, and what's crazy is that like, we're going to end up throwing seed, um, on these paths. And, and oftentimes this is what's going to happen. This is, this is going to be probably the majority. Whenever you have conversations with people, in this city, this is probably gonna be the majority of how it goes down. And in the parable, it's the picture of a bird that comes and just snatches it off of the ground and then flies off with it. And Jesus explains that. He says the evil one comes and just snatches it away. So you've, you've shared with them this truth. They didn't understand it. And it's like the enemy just came and just snatched it and then just 
took it away. And they're going to walk away and they're never going to think about it again. Because why? Because their minds are going to be preoccupied with the other things that are important to them. And that's okay. Don't get frustrated about that kind of stuff. Because it's possible that it fell on the path, but maybe the next time that it's thrown on their path, maybe it'll be a rocky soil. I don't know. But that's what he talks about next is he talks about this rocky soil um, in verses 20 through 21. So let's look at how he kind of does this. Let's look again first at the um, parable, which is Matthew chapter 13, verse 5 through 6. Let's read this real quick. Remember he said, uh, other seed fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil. So you can get this picture in your mind. I love this. What this picture that he's painting through this parable. And immediately they sprang up. If you guys have ever done any kind of like project where you've had a plant, or if you've just been walking by and you're like, how did that flower grow right there? Right? Have you ever seen that before? Well, that flower is probably not going to stay there for very long if it doesn't have a depth in the soil. And it says where they did not have much soil and immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil, but when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Let's look at the explanation of this that Jesus has for us. In verse 20, he says this, as for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word. Okay, same thing. And immediately receives it with joy. So that's like that flower that sprouts really, really fast. They immediately receive it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. So that's the, that's the parable that he's painting right there. So again, we have the person who hears the word. So same thing, same kind of, same seed that was spread on the path is also the seed that was spread on the rocky soil, except for this time, that truth of, of the kingdom, those words of the kingdom are immediately received with joy. That's a person who you're sitting there and you're talking, they're like, cool. Like, I like this. Like, I like, it actually makes a little bit of sense. I like what you have to say. But they don't, it doesn't take root deep in them because they're just on kind of a surface level. They're like, okay, I kind of get this a little bit at a surface level and it actually gets me pretty excited. Like we see this happen a lot um, within kind of the prosperity gospel because people are, are promised some surface level things like, hey, you come to know Jesus and your marriage is gonna get a little bit better. You come to know Jesus and your, um, you know, your debt could be taken care of. Like if you just sow a little seed, right, is what they say. Um, financially then your debt can. And so you have all these people who are just kind of on, on a rocky ground. Like they have this really shallow depth. They don't really have any root in themselves. And what do they do? They endure for a while. They're like, hey, I'm in this for a little while. Like I, I will at least go and see kind of what this whole thing is about. And I'll even get a little bit fired up about it. And that's going to be, that's going to be kind of what I do. So I'm in, I'm totally in. But what happens? When tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. So here's the picture of what happens, all right? Because we can't tell if anyone's really saved. Like, we don't know that. We don't know if anyone has truly put their faith in Christ or not. But what is, what is Jesus' whole point with all of this is that eventually it will show. And, and in an example here, it's going to show that this person 
This person may not even realize that they were planting on rocky soil, and the person who even shared the word with them might not even realize that they were planting or that it was received on a rocky soil, but it's going to end up showing. Remember in the parable, what came out and scorched the plant? The sun, right? So that's what this tribulation or persecution is. That's the sun that's going to scorch. Now, here's something that's interesting to me. Because if you go, if you look in scripture, what is tribulation and persecution supposed to do in the life of a believer? It's supposed to strengthen them. It's supposed to, it's supposed to make us more mature in Christ. Like God tells us that we need a little bit of tribulation. We need a little bit of persecution because it's going to strengthen us in him. In James chapter one, verse two through four, we'll put it up right here. It says this, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know, the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. So you're like, on one hand, you're going, okay, wait a minute. But the Bible says that, like that, that persecution and trials of many kinds, like those are supposed to develop a perseverance in us that's going to lead us to godliness. But that's what happens in the life of a true believer, what happens in the life of a person who heard the gospel, they got really excited about it, but only at surface level, that sun has a different effect. That perseverance, or I mean that persecution has a different effect. Go to the next slide real quick. Because look at what it says. When tribulation and persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. Here's the, here's the picture that I get in my mind. And I've shared this analogy with you guys before, but here's kind of the picture I get in my mind. It's, it's the picture of someone who, who is like, they, they want to come to know Christ, uh, except they're not all the way in. So p picture this for just a moment. You're, you're, a, there's a person on an airplane. Okay. And somebody hands this person a, a parachute. And this person, what this person believes about the parachute and what this person is told about the parachute is you're going to love the parachute. You're going to love it. Like this parachute, it's going to look cool. Like, do you see the color? Like we picked this out specifically for you. Like, and then not only that, like you're going to really enjoy flying with a parachute. It's actually going to make your flight experience better if you will just fly with this parachute, right? And that's what they're told. And so this person's like, okay. I'll put, I'll put on the parachute and they put it on and, and then they have it on and, and they're sitting there for a while and everything's, you know, okay for a moment. But then all of a sudden they're like, man, I can't lean back like in my seat. Like this actually, it's a little bit uncomfortable, but I mean, they told me that it's going to improve my flight. So, you know, Hey, I'll, I'll endure for a little while. I'll endure for a little while. I'm okay. And then all of a sudden they start looking around. Nobody else is wearing a parachute. In fact, it's not cool to wear a parachute. That person told you that it was cool to wear a parachute and that you were going to be okay, but you're looking around and nobody's got a parachute on. And in fact, they're looking at you now and they're kind of like laughing at you because you're wearing a parachute. And you start to get kind of annoyed that this person lied to you is what it seems like. And then all of a sudden, you, there's some turbulence and you're like, okay, I mean, this is really uncomfortable now. I'm getting very uncomfortable now. And maybe, you know, somebody comes by and they spill a drink on you. Like, you're just like, okay, this is terrible. Like, I'm done. I'm done with the parachute. You take the parachute off and you throw it on the ground. 
you immediately fall away because you experience just a little bit of tribulation. You experience just a little bit of persecution. If you're just on that surface level, you're going to throw that parachute away. And you're going to think that whoever told you that it was going to make your life better is a liar and that the whole thing's a sham. But if somebody comes up to you and they're like, hey, you need to put on this parachute because in about 30 minutes, this plane is going down. And this is what's going to save you. That person's going to put on that parachute. And they're going to be a little bit uncomfortable. They're not going to care. People are going to be looking at them like they're weird. They don't care. All these things are going to be happening and in, 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 in that same spill of coffee on their lap, whatever, it's probably just going to cause them to hold onto that parachute a little bit tighter because they know what's coming. You see, there was a, there was a depth to that person. There was a reason that person was holding on to the parachute. And whenever people receive the gospel just at a surface level. Look, Jesus promises us one thing, not that our lives are going to be better, but that we're going to experience problems in our lives. He says, if you're a follower of me, then you're going to experience trials. You're going to ex experience persecutions. Why? Because they persecuted me first. What makes you think they're going to persecute me and not persecute you? But there's a lot of people that are out there that are just thinking that and saying that, Oh no, with Jesus, there's just all kinds of good things that are going to happen. That's going to cause somebody to throw the parachute off. There needs to be more of a depth to that. Whenever people understand the gospel to the deepest level, as in a, I'm in trouble and I need something that's going to save me, there's going to be a depth to that. There's going to be a root to that. And so that's kind of what he's talking about right here. I hope that explains things um, a little bit better uh, for you guys. But then he goes on in the, um, the next one. Among thorns, rock on. He says this in verse seven. He says, other seeds fell among thorns, right? And the thorns grew up and choke them. So let's read uh, what Jesus is, what he, what he says this means right here. He says this in 22. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. Let's talk about this one for just a second. Same thing, same thing. Here's the word. Person on the path heard the word, right? person on the rocky soil heard the word. The person uh, right here heard the word. But what, what are the thorns that choke out um, this, this seed that is the word? The cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches. Let's explain this just for a moment, all right? The cares of the world. These are the things that are of value to the world. To the world around you, these are things that are of value to them, but they have no eternal value. It's basically you looking around and you seeing what a godless world finds valuable, but that God doesn't find valuable. And we see those things all over the place, right? A reason that we moved here, didn't know it at the time, but whenever we were here for the first time in 2013, um, I just, I, and you guys have heard me say this before, I just watched people 
walk past this Starbucks that I was sitting in, in, in Manhattan, and it was morning commute, and they were all walking to the places they hoped would fill what they desired. To all these places that they hoped would bring them whatever it is that they thought they needed filled, whatever that is. And usually that was success, right? I mean, why do people move to New York? To be successful. I mean, this is where success is. You've got all kinds of money here. You've got all kinds of celebrities here. You've got all kinds of successful people here. And so if you wanna make something of yourself, move to New York City. Get, in, get involved in New York City. And people, people are going to look for that success. They're going to look for riches. Because I promise you, that's what everybody was walking to try and get. Like nobody walks around going, I really just want to make enough money to pay my rent. And I don't really care if I have any extra at the end. I'd like to be stressed out all the time. Like nobody walks around saying that. Everybody wants some sort of success. Everybody is seeking some sort of wealth. And that's what, that's what they have given themselves for. Like that's, what they're ex that's why they exist is for these things. And they're chasing kind of these cares of the world. They're chasing fame. Fame's a, a big one in this area. Every, whenever I'm in Manhattan, every waiter, waitress that I talk to, what are you doing in the city? Oh, well, I'm, I'm a dancer. I'm a singer. I'm an actor. Um, I'm just trying to, you know, make it, make it big out there. And I'm like, man, hey, I'll be praying for you about that. Like, I hope that happens. Like, I really do hope that happens for you. So they, they, they find fame, they find success, success, wealth, fitting into what the world deems praiseworthy. Like, what the world will look at them and go, yeah, you did it. Like, you're awesome. I want to be like you. Everybody, everybody wants someone to wish they could be like them. Like, that's kind of the status they want to get to. But unfortunately, Christianity does not fall into the cares of the world. Like, like no one becomes a Christian and then the world goes, sick, like that's awesome. Way to go, you did it. Like you, you, no, like that's, that's the, that's the last thing on a lot of people's minds. I, there was a, there was a, a, a person that, um, an intern, the interns from a different church, they were telling me this story, uh, that they were being, um, they, they met this person and, uh, and this person wasn't a Christian. Um, but they, they started talking, they started hanging out a little bit. And then this person decided, Hey, I'm going to go see my family. He was like, do you two want to come with me? And, uh, and so the Christians were like, yeah, sure. We'll come, we'll come hang out with you. And, and, uh, on the way, um, the guy told them, uh, they were like, you know, how's everything going with you? And he's like, honestly, not so good. He was like, I mean, I'm taking two Christians home right now to like meet with my family. And if any of my friends knew about this, it would be completely embarrassing. That's what he told them. And they were like, yeah, no, I get it. Like he thought that, that Christianity was like the, the lamest thing. He's like, this is so low. You guys don't do anything. Like you guys don't have any fun. You don't like everything that the world finds valuable. You seem to, for some reason, don't appreciate. And so, you know, like, because you appreciate something else and, and actually you call what I do 
ungodly. Like, we don't, we don't want to have anything to do with what you have to do with. But he was, he was just a person that wanted some friends. And so he was, you know, hanging out with some friends. Like, Christianity is not on people's radar. It's not a care of the world. And then the next word he says, he says, deceitfulness of riches. Let me tell you what the word deceitfulness that has been translated deceitfulness. Let me, let me share with you the, the definition of what the Greek word is, and you'll understand why it's, you know, translated deceitfulness. Um, but here's the definition. To cause someone to have a misleading or erroneous or false view concerning truth. To mis to mislead or to deceive. Go ahead and throw, did I not have that up there? My bad. Yeah, I meant to put that up there for you guys so that you guys could read that, that definition of deceitful. Because I want you to hear this. It's misleading to cause someone, to mislead someone into a false view. That's what is saying, that's what this scripture is saying riches do. They are going to mislead you into a false view concerning the truth. It's going to mess up. Like if you're chasing riches, riches will tell you something that is a lie. It will say, if you will have me, your life is going to be a lot better. And we know that that is not true because we know a lot of rich people who are not satisfied with their lives. They are not content with their lives. Unfortunately, we know that. And so, and so riches lead us, they mislead us, they deceive us into the, in the things concerning truth because we're like, oh, riches are truth. And he's like, no. And what do these two things do? What are the cares of the world? What, the, what everybody else thinks is, is awesome. And what do these deceitfulness of riches do? They choke out that word that they heard. That's the picture of someone who they hear it and they go, okay, there's something to this. And it takes root. There's more, there's more depth in the soil than just on the rocks. And it takes root in them a little bit more. And they're like, okay, like I'm following this. I'm seeing this. But on the side, there's these thoughts that they have about, yeah, but I know what everybody else says is, is cool. Like I know what everybody else deems is praiseworthy. Like what the world says is praiseworthy. I also know that if I could just, if I could just make more money, then I could have things and I would be okay. And so what happens is, is those desires for those, you've got this seed that's growing because there's this word that you've heard. You've been coming to church a little bit and, and you're kind of getting it and you're going, yes, I get it. Yes, I understand it. But there's this thing on the side that just continues to pull you and it continues to get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And the picture that he's pa painting right here is eventually those cares world and those deceitfulness of riches, they are going to choke out what has, been, what has been taught to you, what you have heard, what you found interesting at once. Once you, you, you sort of bought into, you sort of believed, you were like, okay, you got choked out. Look, we moved here from Louisiana. And in Louisiana, we have these things called yards. Let me explain what a yard is. It's a bunch of grass. And there might be a swing set in that yard. Like it's, it might be the size of this room. In fact, I, I'm positive our backyard back where we moved from is a little bit bigger than this room. And so you're like, man, that's, it, it was so cool to have a yard, but with yard comes grass and with grass comes fights because man, whenever you get a yard, I'm telling you right now, like, like it, it, I would, I would look out at my grass and just be like, where are the weeds today? 
because it was just me trying to fight all of these weeds. And what I would notice is there's a pocket of weeds and I'm like, I hate you. And then this pocket would like start to spread. And I'm like, I really hate you. And we had these crazy weeds that would grow like these little bitty thorns on them. I found that out the hard way whenever I went in to pull it out and then like poked my hand. I was like, I hate you. So I put on these special gloves that wouldn't go through and I grabbed this and I just start pulling things out. But what happens if you don't get the root of that thing, it's just going to keep on coming back. And so finally, I'm, I'm now to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm just calling professionals, all right? And like people that actually do this for a living come in and do all these things. And so I've got these professionals coming in and finally, they're like able to take care of these weeds. But if I were just to continue to do it myself, man, these things would just choke out all of my grass. That's what would happen. I mean, that, that's, if I let it go, those things would overtake the grass. But I had to fight against those things so that that grass would stay. And look, I mean, he's speaking to a crowd. They know, they know planting things. What's the, what's the big word for that? Horticulture? Is that horticulture? Is that agriculture? Horticulture? Look at us. We're like a thesaurus in here. All right. So yeah, like they knew that well. Like they knew planting really, really well. So whenever he's saying things, they're going, oh yeah, those thorns. I know exactly what you're talking about. And they get it. And they get it. So, so this person... What did they find most valuable? Not the word, not the words of the kingdom. In the end, they found most valuable the things of the world and the deceitfulness of riches. And I have a student, um, and this breaks my heart. And I've mentioned this student before, but uh, that was in my youth ministry. And see, here's what's tricky about this person. You think they're saved. You really do. And whenever that person ends up going a completely different way and they start to instead chase the deceitfulness of riches and the cares of the world and they decide that, that all of the things that they heard weren't of value anymore, it just confuses you. And you start asking questions like, can a saved person lose their salvation? Like, can a saved person like not be saved anymore? I, I fully 100% don't believe that a saved person, a truly saved person, we'll do this. We'll be choked out by the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches. I think that this person right here is a person that everybody thought was a believer, but then time told that person really wasn't a believer. I heard somebody say one time, they were like, do you think that people can walk away from their faith? And this person said, no, I think that the moment they walk away, their faith is revealed. And that's what this is right here. And I, I had a student, and you guys, you, guys, you guys pray for her. I don't want to say her name because I don't know if she's going to listen to this or what. But, I mean, I've been in conversations with her and stuff. But, uh, man, she was like one of those star students, like, in your youth ministry. I mean, the person that was at all the mission trips, the person that was at all the things. And, and then recently, you know, I started talking to her. And this was, this was, I mean, she was in my youth ministry like eight, ten years ago. And, uh, and so, like, a huge just, you know, history um, she was, she was a, she was a hearer of the word for many years, many years. And, uh, anyways, and then one day she just decided that there was a different way that she wanted to live. And I think that had been pulling on her the whole time. We just didn't know it. We just didn't see it. And she didn't say anything about anything. And so whenever she walked away, 
it, it, it honestly, at first, it was like, and, and I'm going to be straight with you guys. I, I struggled with what is happening. Like, what is happening in her life? And when I was preparing for this sermon, I read that right there. I was like, that's it. That's it. And it breaks my heart to see that happen. And, and here's the scary thought. And we, you know, we talked about Matthew chapter 7, you know, last week. But here's the scary thought. And maybe you're already thinking this. Is you're like, is that me? Like, is that, is that possibly me? Because she didn't know this was her. Who she thought she was the whole time until it was revealed, until she walked away, who she thought she was the whole time was the last one that we're going to talk about right here. And it doesn't need a whole lot of explaining, but here's what it, here's what it says, the fertile soil. And what he says uh, in this is, uh, go to the next one real quick. If there is a next one. Yeah. Um, no, that's it. Okay, that's okay. Uh, so what he says in um, the fertile soil is, uh, remember he talks about how, how the seed lands and then the roots go deep and then it, it produces fruit and then it also starts to create a greater crop that's like 30 times, 60 times, 100 times what was originally planted. Um, and then he says in verse 23, and I'm sorry, uh, oh no, I do have it right here. Um, good. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. Ah, now we finally get the person that understands it. The first one didn't understand it. The second two tried to understand it but then cared about other things instead. Here's the person that finally understands it. And what does that mean? That, that, the person that understands it is the person who understands fully their need for a savior and they give it all. And they submit completely to the Lordship of Jesus. And they're like, all right. Like I realize that, that this sin that I have in my life is my fault and I'm, and I'm gonna have to pay for that. And they're the person that says, and, and I can't pay for that. So I need someone to pay for that for me. And, and then they hear the gospel and it's the story of how God sent Christ to take a punishment that we deserved. And that person goes, I can be reconciled to God? That if I just put my faith and trust in Christ, that, that I'll receive what he deserved and he'll receive what I deserved? I'm in. Like, I want that. That's the person that puts the parachute on because they know that it's going to save them. And what happens in that person's life? He indeed bears fruit. What fruit is he talking about? Well, the fruits of the Holy Spirit, because whenever you put your faith and trust in Christ, you're given the Holy Spirit, God, to take up residency in your own life. And, and God bears fruit. The Holy Spirit bears fruit. The, the scriptures talk about it. The fruits of the Spirit, what are they? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These things are things that come up in a person's life. They actually start to bear that fruit. And what else? Yields. That just means produces. They produce other fruit. In one case, a hundredfold, in another six, and in another 30. So that's a person that goes, the person that yields the fruit is a person that goes and makes disciples. They're, they're, they go and produce 
other believers. They, they, they are so excited about the fact that they have been saved that they can't help but go and tell other people about what they've seen, what they've heard, what they've experienced. That's, that's the fertile soil. That's the good soil that he's talking about here. And so what I want to talk about, um, I just, I just got three things that I, that I think, I mean, you might be going home with, with other things that the Lord has impressed on your heart, but I've put these three things down that we can kind of take home with us from this message. Number one is we got to ask ourselves, every single one of us need to ask ourselves, which soil am I? Which soil am I? And, and, and truly go through and look at each and every one of those and go, okay, like does the fourth soil, I think that I'm fertile soil, does that fourth soil describe my life? Do I bear fruit and do I go and produce other fruit? Do I go and make disciples? Do I go and talk to people about Christ? And I'm not, I'm not, well, you got to ask yourself that because the second one is, is what are you producing right there? That's another, another way that we can ask ourselves, what are we producing? I'm not saying like, if you haven't had a gospel conversation or a godly conversation with somebody in, I don't know how long, that, that autom automatically means you're a different kind of soil. That's not what I'm saying. This is something that, that we work on, that we truly work on is, is what we're producing. But let me, just, let me just share with you guys something real quick, because I don't know about you guys, but whenever somebody says, like whenever you read in scripture and a preacher says, go and share the gospel with people. Like you might get super apprehensive, like right off the bat and go, I, like I would love to, but I don't really know like how to get into that conversation. Like, I think that's awkward. Maybe people will hate me. Maybe people will not want to have that conversation. Like that's totally normal. We all feel like that. Let me, let me just make this easier for you. You don't have to go in and be like, excuse me, sir, do you want to hear about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Like you don't have to like say that, okay? It's as simple as just getting into a conversation with somebody and seeing where it leads. Being willing to allow the conversation or even trying to turn the conversation in that direction. Like with me, you guys know, like it's, it's super easy because all I do is ask somebody, what do you do for a living? And then they're like, well, I blah, 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 blah. And what are they gonna do? They're gonna say, what do you do for a living? And then I can say, oh, well, I pastor a church. And, and I ask them all about their life. <laughs> like, I found out all about their life. And so I'm like, hopefully they'll return it and, and then feel obligated to ask me about my life, right? And so, and so it's oftentimes like I get to go into these great conversations with people. It's going to fall on different soil. And every time that it happens to you, it's going to fall on different soil. And that's okay. That's okay. But the last one keep throwing it. Keep throwing the seed out. Keep throwing it out. It's gonna, again, we live in New York City, concrete jungle. You're gonna fall on paths a lot. But sometimes if you're walking around here, you're gonna see a garden and it just might fall in that garden. Thank you for listening. For more information about our church, please visit our website at hopecommunitynyc.com.